You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. I am determined to not spend too much time on Dylan C's and Dylan C's trade talk during this episode, but I know that we have to approach it right off the bat because there is an article that I first saw after Future Socks reposted it on the Twitter or the X or whatever you call it, and it's from NJ.com. It's a New Jersey uh, site, and this is clearly somebody who would have, let's say, a local source within the Yankees. And it gives a a very interesting take on what the Yankees are doing in terms of looking for a pitcher and why this may be the moment where Dylan Cease moves either to the Yankees or the Orioles. And so let me break this down for you real quick, Ed. Yeah, break it down. Because what they're talking about are the possibilities that the Yankees have. And, And this is really the possibilities of any team. It's currently looking for a frontline starter. And there are more teams than just the Yankees. We talked about this on the last show. The Orioles are looking for it. The Red Sox are looking for it. The Mets are looking for it. The Yankees are looking for it. And there's probably the Dodgers are still looking for one because the Dodgers are just hoarders at this point. The Dodgers are walking around as if it is the Highlander and they are chopping heads off and giant beams of light are coming down and they're just making sure there can be only one at the end of the year. But they're also they're also the first Highlanders that have ever deferred the quickening because <laughs> oh man at this point everybody's contract is like five years down the road. Did you nerd out on that one? That's, yes, I did. Yes, I did. That's incredible. This episode of Socks in the Basement brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park at the corner of 33rd and Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark. Uh, the place for pregame, postgame, in-game viewing parties. The home of the podcast for fans by fans. Socks in the Basement with a rotation of craft beers, familiar favorites, spirits, and wines. Two for one burgers when you dine in on Tuesdays. Go see Gino at the bar, uh, and then also get over to Cork and Carry Beverly, 10614 Southwestern Avenue. Just a beautiful, traditional Irish bar in the Beverly neighborhood. Uh, a great place to hang out with friends. Uh, big, big fun there on the weekends. Both locations have, have really become kind of hot spots, and uh, you should definitely check them out even in the offseason. See more at corkandcarry.com. All right, so this article on nj.com, which again, I believe. The sources have to be local and likely out of the Yankees, just reading this article. So it's an interesting perspective to get this from somebody who might be in a front office out there who's looking at frontline pitching. The Yankees are looking for a frontline pitcher. They're looking at Jordan Montgomery. That would be their number one guy, according to the article. But the problem is Jordan Montgomery hates them. He didn't like He hated when he was there, right? Yeah. He just doesn't like them at all. And they left him off the 2022 playoff rotation. And he's bitter. And he's angry, and he wants to stay in Texas, where he just won a championship, and he's not really interested in the Yankees. And the article goes on to say that the Yankees are completely aware of this. So even though they would like to have him back, he's got both middle fingers in the air, and he's like, I'll get my money from somebody else. I don't want to go back to New York. So then the other guy, the only other guy that they realistically believe is going to have an impact that they want to go sign is Blake Snell. But their problem with Blake Snell is, one, did not perform very well when he played the Yankees. So their impression of him is, not not so good, right? He's 4-6 and six with a 4.31 ERA against the Yankees over his career. Even though he's won Cy Youngs, when they see him, they see problems. 
They see him imploding. They see the Rays having to use him like only so much. They see that he is essentially a guy who goes through the rotation twice and not the third time. And they don't want to pay right. Scott Boras money for him. No. No. So they've kind of, they're, they're reluctant to go out and get into a bidding war for, for Blake Snell. And at that point, the best options for them, according to this source within the Yankees, is to go out and make a deal. And they can't get Corbin Burns from Milwaukee. Because supposedly Milwaukee wants to hold on to him until the midway point of the season. They are not ready to deal him yet. Which makes sense because Milwaukee has a shot at the NL Central. Right, so there's no reason to deal anybody away. So who is the most readily available frontline pitcher that is out there and there really isn't any other option? It's Dylan Cease. Right. And the article says, and I want to I read this section of the article because it, it's I, I actually took it, I highlighted it, I screenshotted it, I threw it up on Socks in the Basement, on the Twitter, on the X. Here it is. The Yankees also like White Sox righty Dylan Cease, who had a bad 2003 season after being the AL Cy Young runner-up in 22. They love that he has two years of team control and are ready to pull the trigger on a deal. They're ready. That means the Yankees have a proposal sitting in Chris Getz's lap right now, and he's holding out. The article continues, but according to someone with knowledge of the White Sox thinking, Chicago believes it can get a better return from the Baltimore Orioles, who have a deeper farm system, especially after the Yankees sent a bunch of talent to the San Diego Padres for Juan Soto. Now, here's what I read out of this story. Yankees want Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease is the best thing for them financially, control-wise for the next couple of years. It punts it down the down the street for a couple of years at that, that spot in their rotation. When he becomes a, a free agent, they'll, have, they'll be able to figure it out later what they want to do. They got two years of him. He's the best pitcher they think is available that they actually think they can get and that they want to make the deal right now. Like Chris Getz could call them up right now and trade Dylan Cease. The problem is he doesn't like their offer, and he's looking at the Orioles. So there's only two things here that concern me or that are of note, Ed, and then I want to know what your thoughts are on it. The first thing is, I would think, according to this article, it says the Yankees are having a big powwow. They got all the big decision makers getting together, and their intention is to come up with what their plan is to take care of this pitching thing within the next couple of days. There is the possibility the Yankees then say, if Cease is our guy, it's time to give the White Sox what they want. Then all of a sudden, it's Dominguez for sure. Then it might be a second outfielder in there. Then it may be some pitching in there. It's going to be a package that's going to be take it or leave it or because we're going to have to move on at this point. And we're not going to wait on you getting the best deal from the Orioles. At that point, all Getz can do is immediately call the Orioles and say, this is what I want. If you don't give it to me, I'm going to the Yankees. Because if he holds out for the Orioles, as this article suggests, because they have the best players, they have they have the best package it may never come. You cannot turn down a good package from the Yankees because you think you can get one better from a team. If that team never comes up with it, I would say this moment is the peak value. This right here. Yankees move on. He'll never get a better deal from the Orioles. Yankees move on. I don't know if you ever get him back to where he is. You run the risk that he comes out and stumbles a little bit or he looks more like 2023 cease than 22 cease. This is the moment. So if they up their offer... He's a Yankee. If they up their offer and the Orioles say, fine, we'll finally give you what you want, he's an Oriole. But if they up their offer and Getz doesn't go for it because he's waiting on the possibility of the match he wants with the Orioles, that right there would be the failure. Well, if he's smart about it, the way negotiations work are you have, when when you're negotiating against multiple people, 
you sit there and you say the Yankees have their 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 last best. This is what the Yankees can do, uh, and, and it's and it's the prospects that gets wants. Maybe it's somebody off the major league roster that gets wants. What whatever it is, okay. You know, the, there's rumors all all over the place that the Yankees would deal Glaber Torres this offseason and and you know move on from him at second base because he's running out of team control, right? So. Whatever it ends up being that the Yankees package their last best offer is, that's when you call up Baltimore and you say, okay, Baltimore, uh, this is, I've got the last best from the Yankees and I'm inclined to take it. You know what you've offered me. What are you going to do that's better? Okay. Or call Cincinnati and say, are you sure? You know, call up to the Red Sox and say, what do you got? Because I'm about to take this Yankees trade. And you leverage that. Okay. And, and you do that and, and and try and get somebody to to come up to your what your meeting point is, what your demand is. And it's got to be quick, too. It's got to be quick, too. Because if you're the Yankees, when you call the Sox, you tell them, I want an answer today or we're moving on. I want an answer now. He might get, They might go, I want an answer now or we're moving on. And Getz is like, I'm going into a tunnel. And then he's got to make a real quick call and then get back to him. Right? I mean, like. Yeah, Getz is in there going. Right. Like. You know, and, and doing that. I think that's a pretty realistic thing that could actually happen here with this. And, and you know, trust me, I really hope that this show is old news by the time that somebody listens to it because they actually made the deal. Right. right. And that would be that would be lovely. It'd be if, incredible. If It'd be incredible. This show, this show posts from 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 where you and I are in the in the, the world of time and space tomorrow morning from from where we're sitting right now. We you know, we're looking at this going, yeah, we talked all this you know, a few, for a few minutes about Dylan Cease, and then they went and made the trade with the Yankees anyway, or they went and made the trade with the Red Sox or the Orioles or whoever it is. But yeah, the Yankees are going to, at some point, call Chris Getz, you're right, and say, you know, we really want Dylan Cease. This is our last best offer. Otherwise, we're going to go down to Miami and get uh, Lazardo, or we're going to sign Blake Snell or whatever they think they're going to do. And that's going to take us off the market. You know, we need to know right now, or we need to know within the hour. And then... Gets has got to get on the phone. He's got to do it. You know, he's got to figure out what he's got there. But when it happens, it's going to happen very suddenly, right? You're going to have the some rumor might pop out there that says last best offer has been given to to Gets or something like that, or Yankees. You know, Yankees are finalizing their pursuit of a, of a starting pitcher, and here's all their options. And then you're going to hear about the Dylan Cease trade within you know within an hour or so. You know, as it's reported. Well, it, so, it sounds like here comes the best offer, right? I mean, that, that right. article tells me it says that they got together in Tampa. They're down there currently meeting. Brian Cashman's there. Aaron Boone is there. Other coaches are there. Hal Steinbrenner is likely to have participated in really, it. You know, uh, what's it, funny is they all call him Aaron F. and Boone. So, right. You know. But I mean, but that's the thing. You you have all these. They're all getting together and they know exactly where they stand. They know Montgomery isn't isn't willing to go there. They know that they, Snell, know they don't like Blake Snell. Snell is not something that they want to spend that kind of money on. They don't think he's he's got enough warts on him that they'd rather take the warts of Dylan Cease at the lower value in the two years of control. And so and they they can't and And they don't want to settle for Shane Bieber and he's the best available guy you could trade for. So the question has to be, do we give the Sox what they want or do we go lower? I would think that you get coaches that go in there and they go, I don't give a crap about prospects. I need to win. You think Aaron Boone? Aaron Boone does not care what's in the minors. No, especially after you got Soto. Like, here's the funny thing. They went out and they got Soto and they have Aaron Judge already. How many outfielders do they need, right? You would hope that at some three. point— They need three outfielders and then and then Adam Duvall to come off the bench. Right. But the thing is, like you would you would think at some point that they would they would have to reason with what is more valuable, Dylan Cease now for the next two years, or this high-end prospect outfielder that we've got to find room for on our team. And they've got a couple of them. 
Yeah, they really do. So, so the thing is, is that like that's what's got to be weighed. You would think that if you're if they're in a win now mentality, if they're ready to make the move, it's time to make the tough decision. Just like anybody that owns a company who needs to make a tough decision. Look at that transition right there. I want you to reach out to Butch Zemar at Elite Benefits of America if you're looking to make the decision to add health insurance to your company, to your small business, because Butch is the guy to talk to. Uh, Or let's say you're upset with the way things are going. You think it could be done better. Uh, You want to improve the incentive to keep your employees around and make your place the kind of place that people want to go work at and work at long term. You just went through the medical renewal. It was terrible. Increased premiums, out-of-pocket expenses. And now you got a guy in Butch and Elite Benefits of America that's going to help you get that benefits program set up. And if you're buying privately on your own, definitely reach out and talk to him. Okay, have a conversation. It's completely free. He's going to put together exactly the plan that would help your business or you in the best way possible. It's not going to cost you any money to look at the plan. So why not give him a call and look at what he's got for you? It cannot hurt. 708-535-3006. Check out EliteBenefits.net. I want to talk a little bit about something you brought up to me this week. And that's the idea of who's going to get a base hit on this team. I don't think they're done yet. I think there's still guys that are going to get added. I I saw something recently where it's pretty much like half of Major League Baseball's free agents are still out there. What are we, about a month away from pitchers and catchers? Like, it's going to be a frenzy at this point. But it's it's not a great market for free agents. I've seen a a few things. I've seen... Uh, you know, and and, and I and I, I kind of pulled this. I was reading Sports Mockery, and I kind of pulled up on a, on a thread of like, well, yeah, who who hits on this team? But then I've also seen people complaining on social media. Well, they haven't, you know, these these can't be the moves because they're just picking up these lousy past their prime or nobody players. Would you have paid Teoscar Hernandez twenty three and a half million dollars for no. a one year deal? No, no, you wouldn't no, have. No, so no. here's the problem, and it goes back to something we've said on this show already before. The haves, and I mean the super haves, right? The Dodgers, okay? The the yeah. Mets. The, the Mets have got to be so frustrated how like they they're like, we have all this money and we can't get anybody to take it. Like the the Dodgers have gone so crazy at this point, and the market's been set so high by other teams out there that you're overspending for players. And when you're going into a season where you know you're not going to compete, and I don't care what the White Sox say, they know they're not going to compete and they're looking at 2025, you, you kind of have to sit around and wait to see what's left. After guys get overpaid, Hernandez was an overpay by the Dodgers. There are guys who have been overpaid in free agency. And I think in the next couple of weeks here, we're going to watch guys get signed to contracts that make sense for other teams because the White Sox are like the majority of Major League Baseball. They're waiting for these these guys to start wondering, where am I going to live next year? Am I moving my family to Arizona or Florida in the in spring training? Am I going to be playing this year? Like there's going to be players calling their agents very soon saying, hey, What's our best offer? Yeah, I, I wanna I wanna know where I'm enrolling my kids in school next. Right, year. like that's the thing. Like the human factor is gonna come into this, and those guys. I think we're gonna see a very interesting free agent market, and you're gonna see teams like the White Sox now add a pitcher into their rotation. You're gonna see them add a right fielder. Like that's why it's so important now to get that best offer and make that move for Cease, because otherwise you're now tempted to go out and sign somebody when you're really hoping to get that that right fielder of the future that you could start on opening day. Well, and, and, and but look at it too. And here's the, the interesting thing. I mean, the catcher market was was rather robust. Okay, and the Sox were part of it. Um, but you've got two year deals for Garver, Mitch Garver, Victor Carantini, Tom Murphy. He's not a guy that hits. But amongst position players, and there's a ton of them left. But even the guys that have signed, like Roddy 
Telez, okay? There's a there's a left-handed bat that maybe the Sox could have found a spot for. Only signs a one-year deal with the Pirates, right? Uh, you've got Larry's got a minor league deal with Atlanta. I would have liked so. Ahmed Rosario on my team at 28 years old, but it seems like nobody's gone after him. Timmy Anderson's still floating out there. Timmy Anderson's still guys. out there. The guys that have signed multi-year deals, Isaiah Kiner-Falafa signed a two-year deal with Toronto. He is not a guy that is expected to hit. And Jamer Candelario, who I'm not sure how he fits with the White Sox as a third baseman, first baseman, signs a three-year deal with Cincinnati. Beyond Shohei... It's, it's not much. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is the only other guy that's really signed. Uh, he signed a three-year deal uh, uh, to, to go back to Arizona. And beyond that, you just have some of the international stuff. So, Look at all the bats out there. Like, I know Justin it, Turner. There's a lot there. I know Justin Turner's old, but he's a bat, right? Like, Matt, yeah. Matt Chapman's out there at 31 years old. Like, <laughs> he, he can still be a bat. That's you know, a, he's, he's a got bat. some. Like, yeah. You know, there's guys that. There's guys that can hit that are available if you if you want to take the run on them, and it and it's one of those things too where and there's a lot of outfielders. There's a lot of corner outfielders. That's the oh, thing. Oh, are there? There ever. are so many corner outfielders out there right now, and again, that's why I I mean we're gonna see it. Like if look if the Sox get to I keep seeing people that are like really angry about the off season, and every time somebody gets to me and they they're angry about the off season, I keep trying to tell them like look I will stand there and hand out the pitchforks and the torches at 35th and Shields, if we get to spring training, like maybe a week in the spring training, like when we get to the point where free agency is pretty much done and they haven't done anything and they haven't gone out and signed some some players that that actually make an impact, not like one of these guys like, oh, they're another Royal or they're like, you know, well, defensive well, specialty. Brett Phillips, you Nothing know, but I mean, Royals. Nothing but yeah. Royals. Before you get to who's going to get hits in this lineup, I, just real quick, real quick thing I want to interject. I know that Jeremy Haber's gone now in the front office. And I know they replaced him with another person out of the Royals front office. And I know that the temptation is to scream and yell about that. But as I was thinking about it, Ed, I was thinking about like, just, I can only draw back on when I was doing morning radio. Okay. And I left the first stop that I was at where you and I were together. And I got to the second stop and I walked into a place that was dysfunctional where the, the program director was filling in as the morning person along with her friend and they really hoped to become radio stars, but they weren't that good, right? And then the bosses above had forced me in there. And I and I learned right away that other people on the staff, like I wasn't part of the good old boys club. And the only way I was going to get anything done is if I started to find people I could trust. And so what I did, I brought in people from the outside that had never worked for the station before and kept trying to get interviews for people that I had worked with before. And then I found myself doing that at every stop, at every radio station, needing people around that I trusted or were vouched for by people that I trusted. So I get what he's doing, all right? It may not be the best thing, right? I wish that he came from an organization like the Dodgers, Chris Getz, and then he was just grabbing Dodgers or Tampa Bay Rays people, but he's comfortable with these Royals people because they're recommended to him by people that he knows or he actually knows them, and he needs to fill space immediately within his front office because he's got a mountain of things to do. But I mean, like, it's not just like he's picking Royals because like he thinks they're the greatest organization ever. He's picking them out of a comfort level because there's too much to do than to sit around and have people in there you either think are incompetent or have an empty space in the building when you're dealing with 15 other things on your list that day. That's why I think that we're seeing so many Royals. Sacks in the Basement listeners, Hailstorm Brewing Company wants you to stop in and check out their Scratch Kitchen, 11 a.m. for lunch, Tuesday through Sunday, and then stay for some delicious beer. 
Uh, this is one of those breweries that has something for everyone. You can really just explore the different styles of beer, and they're all done so well by Will Turner out there. Uh, that's why it's a stop for me anytime I'm out in Tinley. And sometimes when I'm not in Tinley, I go, I need to drive to Tinley Park and go to 8060, 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue. Live music on the weekends, big German beer hall, really good food, and uh, family-friendly as well. Check out everything they have to offer and all their events week in and week out at hailstormbrewing.com. So, you know, you, right now you look up and down the lineup, right? And we know that there's certain guys that are going to hit, right? We know about Luis Robert Jr. Any, anybody think he's not going to hit? I mean, that 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 is going to be the focal point of the offense. They have another bobblehead. It's all the White Sox have. It's so funny. We're doing another Luis Robert Jr. bobblehead. Of course you are. He's the whole team. He's yeah. the only reason anybody's going. <laughs> Exactly. He's okay. all I want to see at the ballpark. I'm going to go to games this year and plan my bathroom breaks around watching Luis Robert Jr. in center field and making sure I get to see him hit. Like, that's all I want to see. That's pretty much That's pretty much where the offense is going to come from. I think it's interesting. We haven't heard anything about Aloy Jimenez being moved, have we? They can't find a trade market for him. We, we talked about that about a week or so ago. That, that yeah. a, lot of, a lot of insiders are saying no trade market for him. Nobody's interested. And, and here's the thing. You have so many corner outfielders sitting out there and guys that are bad defensively who hit and they're and they're they're just sitting in free agency. Why would a team be pressed right now to add a guy that's an injury problem that you do, and, and, and give up prospects that really matter? And so you're likely going to keep him around. He's got to be the DH. He's just got to be the designated hitter. Just sit him there. And you know what? When he's healthy, he's a middle guy who's going to produce runs. He will produce runs. Aloy will get you runs as well. And and that's why why I agree. I I think what you have is you have an offensive core that's built around, right now, Luis Robert Jr. I think you have it built around Aloy Jimenez. You got to keep him healthy for a change. But he's he's the DH. He's going to be one of your big bats. And then, you know, the, the problem is, is that from there you're relying on Andrew Vaughn, who I'm still not sold on completely, although I think he's got an arrow that can still point up. Where would you put him in, an, in, a, in a lineup to maximize his effort? Ooh, well, I, here's, know, the thing. here's the thing. If he's, if he's focusing on trying to hit home runs and stuff like that, then you put him behind those guys. But let's be right. honest. If he's going to be a guy that's going to be like a, you know, just a kind of a tough out that like, you know, get some base hits. Is he is he hitting in front of them? You know, I, I Ben Intendi's probably leading off right now, right? Right. I would set the lineup like this. Ben Intendi's leading off right now. And I think he did right now. He's he's leading off. And I think he did pretty well when he was a leadoff hitter last year for that, those spurts. I think Vaughn could be a good second slot hitter for them in not, front of not very fast but i mean not very fast but yeah. but if he's if he's a guy that can move guy he can move benintendi around if he can get on base if he's not going to focus on the home runs you know a, a double you know out of your two hole uh, isn't too bad yeah, but here's, here's the thing the they're going to see they're going to see a good spring from you on you watch and they're going to they're going to put him in the two spot i guarantee that's what they do they're going to see a good spring out of him, and they'll start off the year with him in the two spot, and then they'll go Robert Jr. and Jimenez, and then they'll put Vaughn in the five. And then after that, who knows what they do because they just got a bunch of crap. Well, and, and if they're smart, here's the way. Pedro Grifol will run the offense, though, okay? They will not put a premium on home runs the way that that the Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams regime always kind of wanted to put that premium on. Well, then do you put Nicky Lopez, too? Like, if he actually becomes a starter, if he actually becomes a starter, do you just bring him in there and say, look, when Ben Benintendi gets on, you're going to bunt. 
When 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 Ben Intendi's not on, you're going to try to get on base. You may move guys along and give us a little bit of speed at the top because if Luis Robert Jr. puts one in a gap, he's the fastest guy on the team, and we need you to get out of the way so he can get uh, an right. extra base hit. So then I wouldn't clog it with Vaughn in the two spot right. because you're right. If they don't have a lot of home run power the way that they're set up right now, you have to play this old school baseball where the two guys got to be that feisty guy who gets the bunt down and, 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 and at least isn't clogging the bases in front of Robert Jr. And you could do that, I think, with Benintendi. You could do that with Lopez. And I think you could build an offense around the idea of, like, we're going to we're gonna be patient. We're going to try and work the count. We're going to draw walks. I know every team always says that, but some teams really actually do it. And we're going to just try and get on base, okay? And, and just be – it's almost kind of a money ball thought, right, of let me look at the on-base percentage. Let me look at guys who draw walks, who get on – and we'll worry about finding power because Vaughn can still run into one every once in a while. Yuan can still run into one every once in a while. If they want to build up Yuan Moncada's value this year and maybe get something for him at the trade deadline, they should convince him that he just needs to be putting, just hit line drives to the gap and see what happens, okay? Every once in a while, one will go over the fence, but for the most part, if you're just banging doubles off the wall and you're hitting 300, somebody's going to look at you for the second half of the year and go, I take him. I'll take a second. Stop, stop for a second. Stop for a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. If he'd been doing that this whole time, I'd take him. Okay? Like, if he was hitting 300 and banging line drives off the wall, playing good defense, I'd take him. I think they were overpaying him slightly, but I wouldn't be trying to run him out of town on a rail. Not necessarily. Like, you know, like that's what I'd be be trying to be like, okay, that's what he should have been. We said that for the last two years. That's what he should be. But he wants to hit home run balls, kiss his chain as he runs around the base paths. Right. Because chicks dig the long ball and guys that make music videos like I, I he should have been trying to be that for the last couple of years. And that's what I think Andrew Vaughn is as well. Right. So if you don't want both of those at your corner infield spots and if you're worried about paying Yon Moncada next year, if you if you're worried about that dollar amount coming off of your bill, uh, which you don't have to, you know, you don't have to pay him, obviously. But if he comes off, imagine when he comes off and then you got twenty five million dollars that you you just cleared that you can actually go out and get a big time pitcher. That's what's coming, folks. That's what's coming. So I, I think that's what they're going for. I think Getz is going for run prevention. All right. Because he's he's got a, guy, a bunch of guys that he doesn't have a bunch of strikeout pitchers. He's got really Dylan Cease, but everybody else needs to pitch to contact on this team. And, and whatever you're going to run out there, I think even Fetty is probably that guy, even though he reworked his slider and stuff like that. He wants guys to pitch to contact. He wants run prevention. And then get on base and move guys around and have an offense that is, is a small ballish kind of offense. And that's not sexy or fun, but it's also a lot easier than trying to build a team of thumpers when you don't really have a free agent market. There's a lot of guys out there that have value that are good, But they're really like you mentioned Ahmed Rosario. Ahmed Rosario is not a home run hitting guy. He's going to be a get on base guy and move around at his best. Right. And the problem is, if you add guys, if you add guys in the middle infield that are going to get home runs and you're going to sacrifice defense and that doesn't seem to be what Getz Getz doesn't want to do that. Like everybody keeps laughing. Like I saw something the other day where there was a comment about Whit Merrifield and he's still out there. Right. And the idea of like, well, he's just waiting for the White Sox to increase their offer. I would hope not. It wouldn't make any sense because he defensively is a liability wherever he is on the field. If he's playing second or playing right, he he goes against the stated goal of being a defensive team that does the little things right. Besides, Whitmerfield is still out there because at this point in his career, he moves so slowly that he's still actually standing on the field in the Rogers Center and hasn't made it to the dugout from the end of last season. 
They yelled out to him, hey, yeah, Witt, we're not picking up your option. I'll be in a dugout in a minute, guys. Just, just hold coming. your horses. I'm coming. <laughs> I was in left. <laughs> but there, there's no there's no real sluggers out there that you're going to sign to a multi-year deal right now. There's a lot of guys that have value in the short term that can help this team next I mean, year. Look, here's the thing. If, if nobody wants him, short term sign Justin Turner to a one-year deal so we can have a few more home runs. Although, where do you play him? Because you can't put him. You need a lawyer in the DH spot. That's the thing. You can't add a bat to this team. Not, not realistically. Not, not without hurting the defense. No. Unless, unless you, you know, unless you you plug and play somebody in right field. Like, for example, in his career, Randall Grychuk's not a terrible outfielder. He's not great, but he's not terrible. Um, Adam Duvall still sitting out there at age 35. He's not a great bat anymore, but he still provides some offense. He's actually a pretty good outfielder though for his Joey career. Gallo. Joey Gallo is actually a really good outfielder. I just hate Joey Gallo because he's got that. He's 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 just basically he's that season with Yasmani Grandal where like he barely he's ever hitting one twenty, but right. has thirty home runs right, somehow. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's what he would be. But I, from what I remember about him, competent, very he, good, actually yeah. very good, outfielder. And, and has a great arm. And if you had him standing in right field, you would at least improve your defense and you'd add some power to the team. And that could be he could be the guy. You know, he could be the guy, but I, I don't I'm know not, that I'm not into him. But he could be the guy. But he's also probably not a guy that that Chris Getz is going to sit there and say, we're giving him a five-year, $75 million deal. No, what you need Gallo to be is a guy that, as we get closer and closer to pitchers and catchers, doesn't have the long-term deal and says, okay, fine, I'll sign a one-year prove-it deal with an option, and I'll go back. Or I'll come in on a minor league contract. Right. Well, and I just just want to be able to go out there and get a contract if it doesn't, you know, when, when when this season's over. You know, I don't want to be locked in long term. And, and, you know, there's going to be guys that are going to become available that are like that. Because, again, we're getting so close now. We're a month away from pitchers and catchers. Okay, guys are going to want to find a home over the next month or so. And so it'll be really interesting. Like there there can't be any excuses. Like in, in years previous, the excuse from the other front office that the White Sox had that was here forever was the idea that like oh well the the lockout or the the, the strike got in the way or whatever the hell it was and, and or the, you know we we had covid and so that all of a sudden that screwed up the offseason right or there just wasn't a deep enough class you look at the amount of guys that are out there right now like half of major league baseball free agents still sitting out there plenty of usable parts and they're going to start saying where do i sign where do i go we're going to see a market correction and we're going to see it get fast and furious and we're going to find out in that environment can chris gets acquire viable pieces that will help the White Sox in 24 at least field a reasonable team, and what impact will that have on 25 and beyond? Now, there is one infielder that I will throw out there. Who? Gio Urshela. There's a guy. There's a guy that There's can a hit. Guy. Yeah. There's a guy that can play. Right. And, you so, know, and if you sign him, if you sign him, if you sign him long term, you know he's a guy that if you don't figure out what third base is in 25, he might be able to stand there. Oh, he's actually a good third baseman. He's yeah, a decent no, no, he's a pretty too. good third baseman. You wouldn't put him there this year, but there's there's a guy that all of a sudden you could see come sliding in. It'll be interesting to watch as we get into this very, I think, very quick next couple of weeks. Will they pull off the cease trade? Will they get the best offer from the Yankees? Will the Orioles finally come up to what they want? It seems like basically Chris Getz is sitting there saying, hey, Baltimore, you can have him anytime you're ready to actually be honest with yourself about what he's worth. Meanwhile, everybody else is begging the White Sox for him. 
and we're going to see this fast and furious action, I think, start up very, very soon as we get closer to pitchers and catchers. Yeah, it's going to be like the world's worst fireworks show, but the best at the same time. All you've seen right now are bottle rockets and a few snakes, but there's a giant box that's going to explode into a giant pile of flames and color and loudness, and it's going to be amazing. And at the end of it, you're going to sit there and go, Oh, so that's what they got for Cease. As long as the White Sox don't lose a few fingers, everything will be fine. Well, you know, and and hopefully they don't have to get all their fire extinguishers from the Royals. (laughs) Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.